KMTT, Kimitzion Teitzei Torah. You're listening to the Erev Shabbat program. Erev Shabbat Kodesh, Parashat Balak in Eretz Yisrael, Parashat Chukat Balak and Chutzlaretz. You're finally catching up. The date is Yud Aleph Tammuz. You're listening to your host, Jonathan Snowbell, and the Arab Shabbat program is Lulu Nishmat Shlomo Yosef Ben Chaim Shmuel. My sincerest apologies for missing KMTT last week. The honest truth is, as the regular listeners know, we just had a baby, and between trying to take care of my family, trying to go to work in the different places that I work, uh, I forgot. So, my sincerest apologies. Um, just to continue off where we were on a personal note two weeks ago, in the meantime, we had a brief milah for our son, and his name is Navesh Shlomo. And for the regular listeners, you will note something familiar. Our son is named after, first of all, Shlomo Yosef and Chaim Shmuel. So Navesh Shlomo is named after him, my wife's maternal grandfather, who the Arab Shabbat program is dedicated to in his, on, in his memory on a weekly basis. And Naveh symbolizes, uh, on the one hand, the simple meaning of the word Naveh is a house. And of course, we have just moved into our new house in Alonshut, with many thanks to Hashem. Uh, Naveh is also a word that is used in content, content, in context of the Beit Hamikdash. For example, Naveh Sha'anan. So Naveh is Beit Hamikdash, and that also is coupled nicely with Naveh Shlomo. Shlomo being the builder of the Beit Hamikdash. I did have one hesitation with the name Shlomo. Not on a personal level, but of course, Shlomo HaMelech is a grand figure who is who entrenched the kingdom of Beit David, the house of David, and built the Beit Hamikdash. On the other hand, arguably, uh, he sowed the seed of destruction of the Beit Hamikdash, and certainly sowed the seed of the tearing of the kingdom of Israel into two with his problematic behavior regarding his wives and idol worship, whatever the problem exactly was, and of course by taking advantage and practically enslaving people within the Jewish nation. So I had a hesitation about uh, the name Shlomo for that reason, and I found a pasuk, which is another use of the term Naveh, because Naveh means house, and the house then could mean a, pr- a private house. House could mean the house of God as well. But house could also be used in the context, and this comes up often in Tanakh, uh, a place where sheep live. And in this context, which seems like an inappropriate context for a name, I actually found a counterbalance for that the problematic nature of of Shlomo HaMelech. And this is in the context of Natan's speech to David when David wants to build a Beit HaMikdash, a generation earlier than it's ultimately built. And and David is told, V'ata ko tomar David, 
כה אמר אדוני צבאות, אני לקחתיך מן הנווה מאחר הצאן להיות נגיד על מי על ישראל. I took you, Hashem says to David, I took you מן הנווה מאחר הצאן, I took you from the, the sheep herd, the sheep shed, as it were, and I took you from there to be a leader on, for my nation, for, for Am Yisrael. And as I said, this doesn't change the meaning of the word Naveh. Naveh is a, a, a place of dwelling, whether it's a human place of dwelling or a, uh, a divine place of dwelling or whether it's a mundane place of dwelling like the place of a sheep. But the, the meaning of, of this pasuk is very strong and is a very counterbalance to that problematic nature of Shlomo. And this is telling David, remember where you come from. A king who understands this principle of where he comes from, and he is nothing in, in, in his own privilege, but he is, God has granted him this place that he is the king of Am Yisrael, and if he understands this with humility, or in the Torah's room, words, without his heart going above his brothers, in other words, without him being prideful, and without him being full of um, a feeling of being better than his brothers, this is a king who can properly lead the Jewish people, a king who knows know where you came from. Shlomo HaMelech started off with much uh, humility, but uh, he seemed to lose that over the years, and that would ultimately, arguably, lead to his downfall and his, the failure of his kingdom. And within that context, I feel like the name Naveh Shlomo, the Naveh, part of the name Naveh Shlomo, counteracts the problematic nature of Shlomo HaMelech. That's a brief uh, summary of uh, our son's uh, name. Uh, from there I want to discuss three brief points in the parsha, and something of, again, three points that are guiding lights within our Jewish thought. And some of them we've spoken about in the past, maybe even in the context of Chukat and Balak, and some of them maybe not, and in any case, we will discuss them in this context because I feel like they are powerful concepts within the Jewish people, the Jewish thought, and they are powerful concepts for the beginning of a life of a new child, a new Jewish child. Of course, we start off, and this, again, our listeners in Eretz Yisrael will bear with me because the people in Chutz Arts are doing Chukat and Balak, so we'll get to Balak as well. But in truth, I skipped Chukat as well as mentioned at the beginning because of the hectic lifestyle I'm leading at this point. So Parashat Chukat begins with Chukat Paraduma. There are many different points here that are interesting to point out to, but I want to dwell upon one point, and that is the element of Chukah, of the, un, the, 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 the law that we do not understand. And... It is, a, it is the concept of a chuk, a law that we don't understand, puts us in a place of humility, puts us in a place of we don't always understand everything, and we can question, and we can challenge, but we have to know our place. And at the end of the day, when there's a process of how the law system works, we have to be willing to accept that. We can ma- ma- always ask questions, we can even leave our questions, this needs more examination, but we can't throw away the system because we don't understand it. And when the Torah includes chukim within 
the Torah at large, this, in general, is a message to us of understanding this concept and, play, and, and, and taking this concept home and making us understand that in some way we have to relate to the entire Torah as a chok. And maybe even we have to realize this within the concept of rabbinic laws as well, that there are rabbinic laws out there that sometimes we feel are outdated, not timely, maybe even difficult to understand within the context of today. And everybody can think of those concepts on their own. And maybe they should be changed, and maybe when there is a proper halachic process for changing laws, they could be changed. But until then, I think that we have a duty to relate to them Understanding that there are rabbinic law, nonetheless, as some sort of chok, this is the law as it is. We have to we have to ask our questions, challenge the law, and then realize that where our limitations are as far as changing these laws, and accept the law as it is. Because until the law can be changed in a proper process, we have to accept it. And I always like to bring the example of the right to bear arms in the uh, Declaration of Independence, which is clearly an outdated right. It related to the need of people to create militias to fight the British in the War of Independence. And happy 4th of July to our United States American listeners in this context. But in order to change something from the Declaration of Independence, from a, we need to have special laws of a two-thirds of the Congress and the President, etc., etc. This is a very complicated process. So, we have to understand that every legal system and God and the Chomer, our halachic system, which we hold in higher esteem, even when there are gaps in it and we think that there are problems with it, we have to understand there's a system here and we have to abide to the rules of the system. And that's a that's and this is a chinuchi point that we should be raising our children and our students to, because this is a point of even where we lack identification with what we're doing, on a specific level we have to identify with the system, and accept the rules of the system even when they seem lacking, even when they seem ununderstandable. Point number two is the new generation of B'nai Israel, and Chazal teach us, and I think there are good reasons to accept this on a Pshat level as well, that beginning in Parakaf, we are already facing a quantum leap of sorts. We are finished with the, the generation that died out in the Midbar, and the new generation that has survived the death in the Midbar that is going to go into Eretz Israel are the subject of the stories from here on in till the end of Sefer B'midbar. And they seem to be complaining too, and Moshe's having a problem confronting them as well, and they cl- complain with the water, and they complain with about the man, similar complaints to the previous generation. Moshe detects this similarity and is frustrated with it, which ultimately 
seems to lead to his failure with dealing with them and ultimately leads to his inability to take the Jewish people into Eretz Yisrael. And the point here that I would like to stress is that people can change. People have an ability to break out of previous patterns of behavior. And even if it seems here that the Jewish people are continuing in the pattern of behavior that their forefathers began, the fact is that there are differences. And briefly we'll touch upon two of the differences. One we see in the story with the complaint about the man and the Hashim that they are able to immediately turn to God and beg for forgiveness, admit their sin. A very important quality. And number two, it is that they are different. They are no longer capable of yearning for Mitzrayim. They can pretend that they're yearning for Mitzrayim because they know these phrases from their parents. But they don't really yearn for Mitzrayim because simply it's been too long. Most of them don't even remember Mitzrayim. Most of them weren't even in Mitzrayim. And if they were, they were babies. The few that do remember Mitzrayim, or the older people who do remember Mitzrayim, it's been so long now that something has been corrected here, even if not by choice. The 40 years did their time, and B'nai Israel were able to change and be different. And despite their failings, they are able to go into Eretz Yisrael in the time of Yoshua. This same generation that complains about the water, this same generation that complains about the snake, the, the man, and is punished with the snake, the same generation that is going to sin in Parshat Balak with Benot Moab and Benot Midian, that's the generation that's going to go into Eretz Yisrael. With all their failings, with all their lackings, and we have failings and we have lackings, they are beyond, they have matured, whatever is to their credit and whatever is to the credit of time, beyond their the previous generation. And finally, there is one point that I want to draw, dwell upon within Parshat Balak. And that is this unbelievable feeling that I face every year when reading Parshat Balak that suddenly takes us into a different world that is not about the world of Moshe and not about the world of Bnei Israel, not about the world of the Mishkan and not about the world of the tribes which we've been dealing with constantly throughout the Torah. Take us into a different world, the world of Balak, the world of Bilam, God's relationship with the nations of the world and His relationship with the nations of the world vis-à-vis their relationship with Am Yisrael. This is a feeling of God guiding everything, even behind our backs. And this is a feeling when bringing a new child into the world, a feeling that is a comforting feeling, knowing that God is there, God is looking out for us, even when we're not aware of it. But on the other hand, we face that same idea with humility and with, I would say, trepidation, because the same Bil'am who failed to curse B'nai Israel behind our backs without us knowing about it and God quashed his plans was successful in planting and sowing the seed of sin amongst B'nai Israel by sending Benot Midian and Benot, Mijav, Benot, Midian and Benot Moab to entice the Jewish people into sin 
And once again, behind our backs, without us noticing, we succumb to the sin when faced with the opportunity to sin. And that means there are things happening behind our backs that we don't understand, that we don't comprehend. And this places us in a place of humility in in front of God, in a place that we need to pray to God. That He take care of us, even in places where we don't even know He's taking care of us, and take care of us in a good way, in a, in a way of the beginning of Parshat Balak, where our enemy tried to curse us and failed to, and not in the way of the end of Parshat Balak, where our enemy planned and plotted to bring us to sin and was successful. We hope that God looks over our shoulder always and looks out for us. We live in tricky times, complicated times, and we hope that whatever is out of our power to take care of ourselves or what we're not strong enough to take care of with, take care of ourselves, God will know what to do in order to take care of us, protect us, and ultimately redeem us. And on that note, Shabbat Shalom and Borach.